Welcome to Founders of Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest is Ronjini Joshua of the Silver Telegram. Welcome, Ronjini. Thank you. Nice to, nice to be on here. Yeah. So the Silver Telegram is a PR agency for tech startups, only tech. Do not try to be a real estate company getting PR from the Silver Telegram. They will say no, uh, but it's because they're so good at PR for tech companies. So maybe, Ronjini, maybe retrace your career a little bit and how you ended up in PR. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been doing PR for about 16 years um, and I started off in tech, mobile and wireless specifically um, at a small agency in Southern California. And uh, it was a little bit of an accident to be in tech. You know, I kind of, after graduating from college, you kind of do a little internships and kind of figure out what you want to do as you go. And um, tech at the time just really started booming. And um, I've done everything from mobile technologies, enterprise technologies, video games, consumer technologies, um, which is what we do more of these days. But I've been able to be able to kind of dive into all these different facets of tech specifically. And um, it's such a very specific type of PR. It's much different than doing like publicity was what some people call it. It's, it's a definitely a, a nuanced kind of thing where you're competing against a lot of really cool startup companies and, you know, trying to position yourself uh, ahead of innovation and things like that. So um, it took a little while, but um, I started uh, freelancing at some point. Uh, I was working with a big agency and I noticed that they were passing by a lot of the small guys and I realized that I could be helping those small guys. And so I kind of started freelancing for smaller companies and um, it kind of blossomed from there. I just word of mouth got out and um, I started working with video game companies, consumer tech companies. Um, and then I actually started doing some crowdfunding PR for companies that are just launching their brand new products too. So um, it's really fun because we get to see and um, test and view a lot of really cool different things. But it's an underserved market, or at least it was. Um, and now I think it's becoming a little bit more popular to serve tech startups. But um, for a while there, there was really nobody doing it. And um, I think it's awesome because you get to see ROI from my perspective, I can see, you know, how much of an impact we can make almost immediately. You, you touched on ROI, which is like a lot of people don't always think they don't know how to quantify PR ROI. I mean, maybe, maybe you can touch on that. And also just like, what makes you good at your job? Like, is it relationships you've developed? Is it your way of positioning a startup? Is it guiding the founders through the PR process? Like what makes you so awesome at PR? Good questions. So <laughs> for the ROI, yeah, a lot of people don't feel like they can really quantify it because PR is actually like living and breathing articles sometimes, um, thought leadership. It's kind of a combination of things. So the ROI we measure is partially like actionable traffic sales, that kind of stuff. But then you kind of add a little bit of extra because this is something that's going to live and breathe for a really long time. So it's not just like you know, an advertisement. It's not just, you can't, you can't measure it through clicks, although you can kind of. So um, when we measure ROI for our clients, we kind of do a combination of, okay, this is the publication that you've reached. Um, this is the influence that it has, but then here's the actual clicks. Like this is the Google analytics. This is the traffic it's driving to your, to your website. So it's, you know, PR has become a little bit of a converged art where, you know, you're doing a little bit of analytics, social media, 
media relations. Um, so we're combining all those things. Um, and I think what makes us really good at that is that I really make sure that our team kind of looks at that particular ROI. Mm -hmm. um, while a lot of people say, you know, we've had clients say, okay, well, get me into Good Morning America. Um, <laughs> I know, and it, it sounds so easy, right? Well, sometimes, um, though, that's driven by the fact that they watch Good Morning America, right? right? Like, Or their, their parents do. And so right, it's a little bit of like, I'm absolutely. a success. A little my, ego boost, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I've gotten products into Good Morning America and it didn't even move the needle. Yeah. So wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It's really hard to explain that to the client. So typically we usually have them have like a wish list of, okay, these are the things that we really want to be in. And then we explain to them, okay, we can be in those things, but they may not do what you need it to do. And here are the publications or the media or the types of PR you can do that will really push the needle to the direction that you want it to. So mm -hmm. helping them quantify and working with the CEOs to help them understand that, hey, there are actually ways to measure PR. Um, you just have to be doing the right activities. Um, that's like a big part of my job. And at the end of the day, they still want what they want, but um, we can give them a little bit more information on how they can get that customer, the new customer or the or make their investors happy or, you know, sell their product. So um, I think when we start talking like that, they perk up a little bit because they realize, oh, okay, it's not just like figurative. It's, you know, actual. Yeah. It sounds like you're doing a lot of brand positioning work and helping them kind of realize who they are too, right? I mean, if they give you the list of being on Good Morning America, but it's a niche product that's super focused, it sounds like you're talking them through that exercise and helping them figure out a better channel or a better audience for what they're really doing? Sometimes. Sometimes they sometimes they get it right away, and then other times they kind of are a little bit argumentative. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, But I think that's with everybody. And, you know, with startups, you're dealing with these people's babies. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit of sensitive to that as well. Um, so there are places where we kind of give in a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, I think um, people are pretty happy because we – are very straightforward and transparent and try to do the best we can as far as, you know, getting them ROI quickly. But sometimes also, depending on what kind of industry you're in, like healthcare, for example, I mean, the lead time on healthcare is really long. Yeah. Um, the lead time on a gadget is super short. So it just really depends on what you're working with. Yeah. I've always wondered this. How, how does someone like you go about developing relationships with journalists? Because that's a big part of your job too, right? Or uh -huh. being able to get someone into Good Morning America or getting someone to TechCrunch or yeah. whatever it is. Like, How do you do that side of your job? I think first and foremost, for someone who doesn't have a lot of time experience, it's doing the right kind of research. So making sure you know who you're talking to, what they've covered before, mm. you know, that kind of things. I mean, there's very specific reporters for very specific things. Um, and you should be able to find that out. But sometimes it's trial and error. I mean, I know people at TechCrunch that cover a number of topics and you don't know if they're gonna wanna cover it until you ask them. Yep. So it's just realizing that everybody is human and having conversations with these people instead of shoving like information down their throat. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of times I think it has to do with the product being realistic about the, the actual product or pitch that you have. Um, if you're d doing a lot of marketing talk and talking about it, like it's, 
you know, the first or the only innovation of its kind. I mean, typically you're going to get a lot of eyes rolling. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> if you're very, um, you know, very explicit and specific about what problems it's solving and why people should care. And, and you need to come up with that with the client. I mean, the client needs to understand that they need to have a really good key compelling uh, message. Um, if you have a compelling message, then typically the reporters will work with you whether you've worked with them before or not. Yeah. Um, it's just about being very clear and honest. And um, if they've worked with you before, you know, they get back to you a lot faster. Yeah, but, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> but if you haven't worked with them before, um, there's still ways to, you know, talk to them. Yeah, it's their job to find cool new stuff too. So I'm sure yeah. they're open to things. Do you have any like amazing or crazy stories? Like you, you have to have pitch something or some, some journalist is like, Oh my God, I can't believe uh, this. Or maybe it's like a happy thing where did you ever, ever have a moment where a journalist was like so excited? Cause they like just got it right away. I mean, we've had a lot of interesting moments. I think the best stories are like the ones you don't expect to actually get picked up, Yeah, but you like kind of put it out there. So um, I was working with a really big video game company for a while, and we put a story out there for New York Times, and we just wasn't sure if they were really going to bite, because we were stretching a little bit, I'm not going to lie. This story, <laughs> this story was a little bit of a stretch, because we were um, talking about um, virtual lives and like how um, these augmented reality worlds kind of fit into real world and how they're kind of mimicking real life. And so it was more of a story, but the guy, you know, the reporter at New York Times ate it up and he really liked it. And it took about two or three months to generate that coverage. So, you know, sometimes you think it's going to happen. Sometimes you're not sure. And then um, finally, when it hits, you get really excited. And um, it was like in print, in color, uh, on the art section. And it was beautiful. Like wow. I was, I was just like so happy because it was on the front page of the art section and then also like within the, the paper and even though the New York Times doesn't um, give as many impressions as maybe like online as TechCrunch or something like that it's a really huge impact because it's going everywhere. Yeah. We um, actually I, I think you, you touched on something really great there which is the timelines for some of these articles is really long and yeah. we experienced that actually Vanessa my wife who's our founder Cruise Consulting was quoted in New York Times on expense management and IRS audits and from the time she was interviewed to actual run it was something like two months yeah. and it was exactly what you were saying you know the, the reporter actually did a ton of research and you could see the research coming out in the piece. It was really exciting, uh -huh. but yeah, you have to be patient and you have to like, let these things kind of build and brew over time. And but, it's, it's really difficult for startups to be patient because they're trying to prove themselves very quickly. Yeah. You know, so I feel for them and I, I, I totally get it when they're like, Hey, why are we having this coverage? And I just have to tell them like, you know, this is when they told me it's going to come out. They told me it's coming out in March. I know you were interviewed in December, but <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do anything about that. But it's coming. I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's 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 a little bit of like you have to be patient and have to just just and to keep and keep doing shots on goal and keep talking and keep doing interviews, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not like we're just sitting there doing nothing in the yeah. meantime. Everything is a is a rolling process, and I think most people don't like the ramp up time and I like to say that it's a really short ramp up time but it really depends on what you have ready before you like engage a PR agency or a freelancer 
Um, having like your messaging and branding, like knowing what that's like beforehand is really important. So yeah. um, waiting until you have a PR agency to create that is bad idea because you're kind of waste a little bit of time, Yeah, especially if you're impatient. But doing some research beforehand and then bringing someone on board to execute is a really good way of like kind of getting started. I like it. There's one topic we were going to talk about, which was, I loved how you phrase this, bootstrapping your PR, you know, and, and you, you, I'll, I'll let you describe it. Cause you're the one who actually had the idea and told me this is a topic for you. Yeah. So bootstrapping in, in the way where, you know, you're really going to start doing some pre PR work before you hire someone outside of your agency. And I think a lot of startups can do this on their own. Um, and I probably shouldn't be saying that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but um, again, like I said, I like to be transparent and honest. And I think um, a lot of startups, if you, if you want coverage, you can definitely start working on relationships beforehand before you need a PR agency. Um, What you need to know is one, your branding, like your key messages to these target audiences. And then really understanding what you want out of PR is very important. So do you want traffic to your website? Do you want sales? Do you want um, do you want to show your investors that people are talking about you? Um, and so identifying that first and then going and starting to kind of research the reporters that are covering competitors in your space. I mean, that's really the best way. That's what, that's mm-hmm. what we do. We mm-hmm. basically research people that are competitors in your space that are doing something innovative and different and seeing what the positioning is like and kind of seeing how the trends are going and what the conversation feels like and how we can kind of get into that conversation and shake it up. Um, because if you're not shaking it up, no one cares what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they have a responsibility to their readership to make sure it's interesting and yeah. new. And So what are some, co- you like kind of the bootstrap mentality of like doing this in a cost-effective way? Like, sure. what do you recommend? I would recommend hiring, I've, I've seen startups hire interns for this kind of stuff. Um, and literally just research your competitors, um, like, you know, the last six months of what they've been doing. Um, then you can identify reporters and typically I would say maybe three, maybe three months because reporters are on the move a lot these days, kind of to figure out who's writing about your industry, uh, hire an intern, have them do some research on your competitors and some keywords that you guys are using maybe for SEO. And, um, you can identify reporters that way. Um, a lot of times you can find the reporter's email on the websites. So it's not like a big mystery. And then there are, of course, some tools and databases that you can register for to get emails. But nowadays, primarily, you can find them on Twitter or you can find them on their website. Yeah. And you can you can email them and start creating a relationship. And I would make it very casual, straightforward, because otherwise they're going to delete your email. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you sound like you're marketing to them, they are going to just delete you so quickly. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned earlier when we were talking that off mic uh, that you're actually working on a book. That's really exciting. Yeah. So um, I'm working on a PR for startups book. It's called the PR Playbook. Um, and it's basically telling startups just this, this simple fact of like you can start doing this stuff yourself. Um, and it gives a little bit more background on the media landscape also. So um, how the media operates. I interviewed about um, 10 different media um, companies, um, the ones that everybody wants to hear from. So like TechCrunch and Mashable <laughs> and, and VentureBeat and all those guys. And, and I interviewed them on like 
how they process pitches and stories and what they think of press releases and, you know, what's the real kind of story behind all of that. Um, because honestly, you could do PR yourself. It's just very time intensive. Yeah. And that's why you hire people who have been doing it for a long time to do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not it's not that you can't do it yourself. It's not that it's difficult. It's just very tedious and stressful and time intensive. And there's a lot of follow-up that's required. Um, sometimes you just have to keep bugging people. And I've had, I've had reporters actually thank me for following up. Because they are forgetting the yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. There's just too many emails. I mean, some of the reporters that I interviewed were like, yeah, I get hundreds of emails in my inbox every day. I batch delete them. Like, that's not something you want to hear as a PR person. But it's a it's a reality. Yeah. So. Well, it's also, yeah, I think the PR handbook that you're, or playbook that you're, you're writing, and also just all the stuff you're sharing with us is kind of the how-to to get going. And I think when people try it themselves a little bit, they really will appreciate their relationship with you a lot more because they know how hard it is. And I oftentimes at Cruise Consulting, I like it when people have been doing their books for a while themselves because they actually understand how <laughs> hard it is to do accounting and what we do and why we're so good at what we do. Uh-huh. And I feel like the same thing applies to you. We're in very similar, you know, we're playing in the same niche, but providing different services. But do you feel that way? Like, do you like it when people have come to you and done a little bit of PR already? Absolutely. Like those are the best clients because they like appreciate how much work you're putting in and how yeah. much time it takes. Most people are, they don't understand the time yeah. um, investment. And I I actually deal with a lot of people that have bad PR experiences and it's really hard to recover from a bad PR experience. They become very demanding. They're like, they just, whoever worked with them did not deliver anything. And then we're stuck in that little bucket of, okay, PR doesn't deliver when it really should. Um, You just have to know what to expect. Yeah, you're totally right. What What are a couple, I guess, tips that the audience can take away i mean is there is there thing like i have a friend who actually he was he was interviewed on the podcast a while but his name's haya and he wrote he's a TechCrunch writer and he wrote like a nice little blog post about how to his big thing is like people send him pictures or they don't send him pictures of the product (laughs) Uh and he's visual and he want every every pr pitch should have pictures in it like Uh are there things like that that you can share with the audience where it's like Look, there's a few basic things, especially if you're bootstrapping your own PR for a while, that every PR pitch needs to have. I would say, the first and foremost, make sure that the person who you're reaching out to has written about that topic. That's the first thing. Yeah, like they're um, actually interested in what you're emailing them about. Exactly. Just because they're writing for TechCrunch doesn't mean they're the right person. Yeah, yeah. So um, make sure that the person is the right person. And then also, like, make sure to give them the reason why it's important to the world and not just to you. Mm, That's an awesome point because often founders are looking at it from their perspective and why they started something or why it's so important. But maybe the world, they need some help translating that to the world, right? Exactly. And assume that you have competitors. Not that, hey, nobody else is doing this. I don't have any competitors. No, media guys are going to just ignore you. They're just... (laughs) They're going to be like, I just heard this pitch last week. What are you talking about? Uh, if you don't have a competitor, it's a really bad sign, actually. It means yeah. you're not doing anything that interesting. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I think those three things could be a way to kind of get started. Make sure you have those key elements. Um, but, you know, I think as far as pictures go, I think it really depends on the reporter because I know there's some reporters that 
want to request the pictures because it makes the email heavy. Um, sometimes if you attach too many images, they it won't go through because they have wow. limited email quantities. So what we typically do is we'll do like a little press kit link and we'll give them the link. So that, that way, at least they have access to the That's pictures. super smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely his. And he he's an avid photog, so he's yeah. a picture-oriented person. What about just kind of changing gears a little bit? Like, you started your own company. You know, you're a founder yourself. Like, what was that experience like? And and do you, is, do you find it helps relate? You can relate to founders a lot better? Oh, absolutely. I feel like we're definitely a startup. We're really small. Um, I keep it pretty lean. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, starting a company is such a... It's such a daunting task, and I don't think I realized what it was going to be until it happened. Um, so to your point of, like, bookkeeping, I think I messed it up for, like, the first <laughs> the first three years. And then I, you know, then we had to, like, get on track because I was messing things up, and I couldn't measure what was going on and realize that, like, you really shouldn't do things that you're not good at. Um, and that's kind of a big startup thing that uh, we've been talking about as startup founders um, with other people too is really find the people who are good at what they do and then hire them or you know get them involved in what you're doing because you can't do everything and as the CEO like it's hard to let go of stuff but if you want to run a successful business you have to you can't do everything yeah um, and that's like I think one of the most important things I've learned and like the the hardest things to learn over the past two years. So we've been in business five years. Um, and just like maybe the past two years I've started letting go of stuff. That's, Um, it is important. And, and I, we also found that it's such a relief to pay people to, who are experts to execute for you. It it just frees up your brain so much. You do it maybe half as good as they would. And actually those, those dollars are really well spent. Like they have a really high ROI. It's, it's important to do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things was my, like our website, you know, it's WordPress and you think, oh, WordPress is so easy. I got in there and I messed everything up (laughs) and then you have to pay so much twice as much to fix it. So it's just, just get someone else to do it. I'm not a website developer. I can't do it. So (laughs) awesome. Now you're, you're based in LA, right? Yeah, we're based in Long Beach. Yep. But but you take clients kind of throughout the nation, right? Actually, internationally. So oh. we, yeah, we've done a lot of really cool projects in China, Italy, UK, all over, obviously, the United States. Um, right now, I think we have two clients in Los Angeles and everybody else. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, everybody else is all over the world. And it's interesting dynamic to work internationally with clients because you have to like stay up late and do all that kind of stuff. But um, it's fun. You get to um, experience lots of different types of technology. And, you know, like Tel Aviv is a really like awesome place for startups right now. Miami um, has a ton of really cool tech startups coming up. Wow. Yeah. So We actually have a client based in Miami, too. It's a really yeah. good one. Yeah. So it's just it's really cool to be able to see the trends, um, especially with us working in crowdfunding. We're seeing a lot of like cool new companies come up. And um, China is like another huge market where they're bringing their technologies now to the U.S. instead of just um, stealing what people are doing here. They're they're doing their own thing now. So um, it's nice to see that. Uh, uh, that's awesome. Well, this has been a really good podcast. I appreciate it. Can you tell the audience like where they can find you, how they can reach out, you know, and, and maybe just kind of 
uh, restate your your specialties. Like I know you've been doing a ton of stuff in crowdfunding, and the, yeah. and we were introduced via one of our one of my favorite clients who's hiring you to do something non crowdfunding oriented. Right. So right. you do everything in tech. Yeah. So um, you can check out our website. It's www.thesilvertelegram.com. Um, and e- easily email me at Ronjini, R-O-N-J-I-N-I, at thesilvertelegram.com. And basically, you know, we work with any companies that are considering themselves startups, any, anything from early seed funding to like Series B, C funding, and anyone who's looking to launch products, uh, we work with them, uh, mostly consumer tech and lifestyle. So lifestyle tech is really kind of our um, space. We do everything from uh, media relations to thought leadership, brand branding, and kind of getting brand awareness. And then, of course, crowdfunding, which is a little bit of a different beast. And you have to, that's a, that's a little ga- different game to play, but um, it's really, really fun and interesting. Um, but we do full crowdfunding management as well. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you built a great company and the referral you came to me from is an expert and their endorsement is humongous, so people should check out the Silver Telegram. Thank Ranjini, you. thank you for coming on Founders and Friends, and uh, and we'll look you up online. Thank you so much. Talk All to right. you soon. Take care. All right.